From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here's your host, Eric Wakeling. Okay, welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. Uh, this is Eric Wakeling here with Matt Doan. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing really well on uh, this. I shouldn't date ourselves totally, but this is a Monday morning as we're, right. as we're recording this. Feeling, feeling pretty good. Feeling great. Uh, you know, I thought about doing something in the end of the service. I was so bummed because I thought this idea afterwards. What was You it? know how churches, like some of these churches do like the blessing of the dogs. Oh, gosh. Or you know how they like pray, like these weird things, right? Yes. Where they like bless people's animals yes. or trees. Trees, or it's like weird stuff out there. Kind of a sect of Roman Catholicism. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to bring people forward with their cell phones to do the blessing of their fantasy football teams. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would be, you know, that could be even like kind of our thing. Like we we have an annual blessing of the fantasy football teams where we oh, pray over funny. them, pray over their team, their rosters. We could kind of just. I think both of our wives would have just stormed out of there. Uh, one time. My sweet wife, Marie, said, hey, how's your fantasy football team doing? I was like, you really want to know? She's like, I do. I'm like, well, actually, my receivers are doing this. And my... she's like, actually, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, yes, but if you don't know out there, Matt and I are in the same fantasy football league together. Yes. We, have, um, we did not have to play against each other this week, thankfully, because it's mm. kind of a... I feel like we have a good friendship. We do. And and there's these times, a couple times a year, where that friendship gets broken. We're from, we're frenemies, yes, during yes. those weeks. Um, yes. we, the, there's 12 guys in our league, and they call it the pastor bowl when yes. they play each other because it's <laughs> the two pastors in the league. Everyone else um, has, has regular jobs. That's jobs. right. <laughs> Little shout out to Click Clack. Yes. <laughs> but, sure. uh, we, love our, uh, we love our fantasy football league. It's fun. I'm sure you all do, too. You know, I listened back to last week's episode of this, and I was a little bit mortified with myself. I said the word, the teenage valley girl word, like, uh-huh. like a lot. Really? Yeah. And I was really frustrated. So just everyone out there, I'm committed to trying to not say that word. Okay. So if you need to call me out in some way, if that's in some sort of chat, like if that's, that yeah, just yeah. Like hits every time. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. So I, I, I don't know. I just, hey, uh, we I'm all just putting our, it out there. We all have our quirks, my brother. I cannot say my INGs. So that's true. King of Kings. Um, ring. So yeah, so we all have our things. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. But um, we are actually, so we're not talking about grace, although we can both use some grace in our lives. Mm -hmm. uh, we did grace, we did truth. And then now we're doing, we value people. People. And you preached yesterday. Great job and a great message uh, talking about our value for people. Mm -hmm. For me, I think the part that stood out most um, is just the reminder of all people are made in the image of God. Yes. Imago Dei. Right. Yes. Everyone. Yes. Yeah, 7.8 billion people in the world. Yeah, I said yesterday that by 2024, there'll be 8 billion. By 2042, 9 billion people yeah. in our world. And uh, it can get easy just to feel overwhelmed by all the needs, all the people, especially here in Orange County, right? There's 3.3 mm -hmm. million people here in our region. Yeah feels like they're all on the freeway at the same time. And uh, <laughs> so it just feels like uh, people get in the way. People are a nuisance. People are hard, difficult. But to remember what you just said, yeah, Imago Dei, that every person's made in the image of God has value, dignity, worth. And we should look at them like that mm -hmm. as God looks at them. You know, it was actually striking me in the... Um just while I was listening to your sermon, I was thinking about how you're, you're talking about that, but it was also 
9-11, you know, the day before you preached that sermon. And so you had mentioned about 9-11 and remembering those names. What's sort of difficult and mind blowing, I think, in the, the Christian way of thinking in this Jesus way is that even the terrorists were made in the image of God, right? Even uh, the Taliban right now, there's all this in the news, like even the Taliban are people made in the image of God. And sometimes that's for me, maybe is the hardest way to think about that or those people we disagree with or whatever. Like, I don't know how that kind of stuff strikes yeah, you. That's such a good point. I mean, obviously, so Genesis one, we talked about yesterday, um, 26 and 27 talk about, you know, that humans, male and female made in the image of God. But Genesis 3 is after that. So there yeah. is some marring of that image. And that's, there's a whole of theological like <laughs> yeah, of course. kind of depth there. But um, there's a marring that, that our sin um, somehow makes that reflection of God in our lives a little bit more dim. Um, and so we can do things like evil. We can hurt each other. We can do very non-attributes, godly attributes right. to one another. Yet, just what you just said so true is that even the enemy, the most... Um, despicable person yeah. still has value, worth, and dignity because they're made in that image. I heard of uh, one church that, you know, everyone's kind of reflecting that last weekend on what, where were they on 9-11? Yeah. And uh, one church talked about they just stopped in their um, service and prayed for the victims, prayed for those families, prayed for our nation, the world, but also prayed for the the terrorists. And they said that was kind of counterintuitive when they, they began praying that, hmm. but then... If we're going to live out this truth, um, right? Pray for your enemies. Pray for those that persecute yes. you. That's that way of Jesus, which is so hard. It's so counter mm-hmm. countercultural. It's counter. It's just like not intuitive mm-hmm. to the way that we're wired, right. and especially. And that's one of those things where I think it's sort of hard as we as we process some of this stuff uh, or of even how to live like Jesus in this world is how do we separate this or or how do we include that in our own um, like the good sense of patriotism or the good sense of like, we want to be in, you know, we're Americans. And so we, we do want to protect our country and we do stand up for our land and all of that. Right. And so it's, and it's not good for us to be attacked, but, uh, we, we don't want that to happen. But at the same time, like how, how is this Jesus way lived out to say, like, how do we show love to those who do persecute us? Yeah. It's really challenging. I'm not, I'm not here saying we should just all be, you know, the, you know, like right. that all like the military is a wrong thing or something like that. I'm not well, yeah. making an extreme statement. And I but. think there is boundaries in um, just how much we allow people into our lives. Uh, I have this great story of my sister when she was in college. She just got so passionate about the poor mm. and was really feeling called to step in. And now actually she lives in um, Indonesia working um, among many poor. Hmm. Um, but in college, she was so fired up and she invited a homeless guy that she had met on the streets, uh, this is up in Santa Cruz, Northern California, uh, to our home to take a shower. Uh, and I don't know all the details of how she found that out or discovered it, but she drove him to our house. This isn't a college girl, oh, man. homeless man. Uh, no one else is home. Uh, he goes upstairs, takes a shower. My dad comes home, uh, I think it was on his lunch break, and my sister's downstairs, and he goes... <laughs> Who's in the shower? He knew no one else was home. And she goes, oh, it's this uh, homeless guy that I met. He needed a place to take a shower. And my dad just freaked out. Obviously, right? As any dad would. What are you doing, Jenny? Like, this is... So, I mean, we... We have boundaries in who we invite into our right. lives and um, and things like that, obviously. Right. Um, and yet, look at Jesus on the cross. Jesus literally bleeding for the world 
looks down and says, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. Right. The very people mocking and hurling insults at him. Jesus saw the Mago Day of them even in that moment. Right. Absolutely. And that's where I think it's important for us when we say we value people is that we think about, I think it's easy for us to be like, okay, we have this certain way of living, right? Like there's this certain way we want to live our lives and pattern our lives after the scriptures and after, after Jesus. And then we sometimes I think expect people who aren't believers to live that way. And then we devalue them when they don't. But like, why sort of, why should they, right? Like it's up to us to show them the light through loving them and encouraging them and speaking truth in love. Like that's where it's like this thing of, right? Like we have to speak this truth in love to them, but it's hard when there's a, like a world far from God's not going to live for God. Right. Yeah. 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 There's a feeling sometimes I think of scapegoating um, people that are just hard for us where we say, oh, that person, and maybe we don't say it out loud, but that person, and we think about doesn't deserve the love of God or would so far from God would never come uh, to a place of surrendering their life to Jesus. And yet there's something in them. There's something in them that has the image of God in them and reflects that even in their fallen state, even in my fallen state. And because of that, Oh, they're worth telling about the love of Jesus, demonstrating Mm -hmm. the love of Jesus Mm -hmm. too. Uh, one example of that is, um, and I know you've experienced missions trips too, where, Oh, yeah. I've gotten to practice this, but um, I was with a group of high school kids. Probably, it's so funny. As we get older, Eric, I feel like I say five years ago, and it's like 15 years ago. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yep, but I do. It was probably 15 years ago. We were down in Ecuador with a group of high school kids here from Calvary, and we had an opportunity um, to go to the dump. Um, the dump meaning a, a, a place where all the refuge, you know what dump is, obviously, where all the garbage comes. We were in the uh, nation or the capital of Shell, Ecuador. And there's people combing through the dump. It's the poorest of the poor in Ecuador, which is already a poor country, hmm. uh, looking for items that they can grab and then sell. Um, it, it's a horrific place. Uh, what the hardest part of that was is there was actually moms with little babies strapped to their backs as they're hmm. combing through the dump, um, looking for useful items, and the babies are right there with them. And so. Our high school kids had an opportunity to make lunch and then distribute that to those that work and sometimes live there on the dump. And it was the most humbling experience, Eric, just to see this, but then also to realize, wow, the lowest of the low, the poorest of the poor have dignity and worth and value because they're made just as we are in the image of God. It was it was a such an experience I'll never forget. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I remember having some some similar experiences where like I my my church did the some sort of inner city LA trips, kind of like how we do with our young people. We call it LA Urban, where we're going into downtown Los Angeles and some other areas. And we used to go on those trips too. I mean, when I was in junior high and high school, went on those trips as a as a kid and just being so struck by these moments where what they do is they have you in, in groups, you know, and with an adult leader, you're not just <laughs> pulling like a, a thing like your sister of going out and uh, bringing them into your home or going out by yourself to some dangerous place. But like at the same time, we went to these little areas and you'd have um, a conversation. So they'd say, hey, invite a homeless person or a person that you meet to have a meal with you and you can only spend this much money or some low amount of money. And so it's kind of a challenge. And you, you end up using all the money for the person. Yeah. And, but like, but that whole, oh, I said like, okay, I gotta stop it. 
beep. <laughs> no, but that whole thing of having a conversation, not seeing them just as someone to give a donation to, or you know, or ju- or just serve in that way, but they really want you as these young people to to begin to talk with them. And I think that was when. I could really start to see that dignity yeah, in them. Humanizing them. Yeah, yeah, humanizing them. And it's so easy to drive by and see them as dangerous or dirty or unsafe or something. Uh, you know, but but yeah, it, it gives you just a the briefest, probably smallest glimpse into can you imagine how Jesus sees them? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we're called to do mm-hmm. is to see people as Jesus sees them. And that takes <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we're pastors. Maybe people as they're listening to this thing, oh, it's easy for you guys. You know, you're just born like this. But no, I wake up every day selfish, want to do my own thing. Yeah. And frankly, to be honest, get a little burnt out sometimes with all the needs mm-hmm. around us. And so I need the Holy Spirit to refresh my heart mm-hmm. every day, every moment. Um, I did have another funny story, though. We were I, So Marie had a training. She's a nurse. She had a training in Manhattan a couple of years ago. And I got to go tag along with her. And so she was at the training all day. Um, and so I had like from nine to five every, like for four days just to wander around um, it's Man- the, Manhattan. Can we just like, let's have a pause here about this. Yeah. Okay. This whole thing. And we'll get to the story. Okay. But I love the moments in life where I get to be the spouse. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you got to like, you, you were in that moment yeah. where, where this person tagging along on her trip. And then, so you get to go just walk right. around Manhattan, right? Like, uh, yeah. Cause in our world here at Calvary, yeah, it's unfortunately to... our wives are kind of, you know, yes. Eric's wife. Yes, wife. exactly. That's such yeah. a thing. And, and our wives both do amazing things. Yeah. And so I yes. loved being, I've gone to you know, conferences, yeah. strong people. <laughs> exactly. In all the good ways. Exactly. Yeah. I loved to, like, I went to a conference, um, that B was going to, uh-huh. but I went along as the spouse. And then, um, our, our friend Jacob was there, um, as a spouse with, with his like wife right. there. And so him and I were like laying poolside and uh, playing tennis and stuff like that while they were in these seminars. That's great. I <laughs> so love it. anyway, that's uh, I, I love that whole thing. That's great. Yeah. So I was in yeah. New York wandering around. That's when I got to go to the nine 11 museum, oh, yeah. which if you ever get there, you guys, you, you have to spend it's, it's heavy, Yeah. but Oh, it, it's, it's really impactful. So anyway, um, that was one day. Um, but every time I'd get on the subway, it was packed. This was pre COVID yeah. and, um, homeless people would um, be on the subway with us, with everybody. And I felt like something about my face or my countenance, they would wander past every single person and then come right up into my face and be like, I need some money. I need some money. I'd be like, wait, why am I the guy out of a hundred people on this car that you're coming to? But I think what it was in New York, everyone's trained to look down. And, um, so no eye contact. Um, don't, don't just acknowledge people because then you're going to be responsible for them or have to connect with them. But I didn't know that. Right. So my day is driving around. I was going, Hey, hi. I'm just going to look around. <laughs> yeah. You're not and, wired that way. At all. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, just in general, <laughs> but, um, I was obviously not a New York and, and, um, so I was always the one that was approached, um, in that situation. But <laughs> I think there's something there that are we as followers of Jesus, are we kind of just looking down, mm-hmm. avoiding, ignoring, and we can't meet every need, obviously, but mm-hmm. or, or are we open to what God would give us opportunities to do in caring for people? Yeah, that's what's so challenging about the Good Samaritan story, because um, we were before we started recording. Even you, you talked about how on the way to work you can pass five homeless people or something like that, and so it's what is the you know 
it's such a hard question because maybe the answer is I should be stopping at every single one. And as we're not, we're not the Good Samaritan. I, I can tend to beat myself up over this stuff, but it's the need is so big. It's like, how do you, how do you find the ways that you can value people? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if there's, you know, we, we try to even here at church, right? We've, we try to have things that we do, like how can we do things that will meet needs for people? And it, it's not every need isn't homelessness, mm-hmm. right? That's a, a major need, but that's not every need. But at the same time, that's why we do things like the pop-up pantry. It's why we do things like the English as a second language program. Um, cause we value people and we want to help them. We also want them to know the grace and truth of Jesus. Right. But in the gospel, but, um, but just trying to, we, we try to do some of these things obviously because we value people. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a little bit of trial and error in all mm-hmm. of this as well. Um, asking the Lord each day, God, there's going to be lots of people in my path today. Mm-hmm. Um, would you just make me aware of how you want me to interact, mm-hmm. treat each person? So I don't think every opportunity is a calling necessarily, mm-hmm. um, but there are those moments when, okay, Lord, I think there's something about this situation that you're calling me to speak yeah. into. And it, it doesn't always have, yeah, like you're saying, it doesn't always have to be this dramatic thing um, where you're going and buying a lunch for a homeless person. It could simply be at your son's soccer practice today, rather than being on your phone in your car, Yeah, <laughs> you just step out and stand with the other parents watching and just are available. You don't even know where that's going to go, but you're just available yep. to talk. I also think sometimes it's an introvert extrovert thing. Like, Oh, I'm just an introvert. I'm, I'm not good with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think, again, it's not every single person we're called to reach, but okay, Lord, would you just make it clear to me? Is there a person mm-hmm. that you're just calling me to to notice, and even maybe even just to pray for, right? Even an yeah. introverted person, yeah. can pray at any moment for someone else. Yeah, I think that available making yourself available thing is actually like a really is actually a really good comment. Um, when 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 I think about this, especially for either introverts or extroverts, because yeah, the when you're tired or when you're just sort of burnt out or when you're over it or you don't like people right now, (laughs) it's so much easier to just sit in the car and be on your phone, uh, or lean your, lean your seat back and close your eyes, you know, that sort of a moment. But, um, I like that of just being available and, you know, the extrovert might be going around high five and everybody and starting conversations, but maybe you've just, if you're more introverted, you're there, you're available for a conversation and you're also like willing to pray for people with whatever is going on in their life. And you're doing that in your head. I think that is a great way to value people that, because we're all supposed to value people. It's not just the extroverts or it's not just the people working in some sort of frontline industry. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of thing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of even in that service kind of stuff, like people that, like it's how you interact with those people that are at the restaurant that you're going to and how are you valuing them and not just mm-hmm. treating them like a servant or something of yours, but you're valuing, valuing them as image bearers of God and God's creation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we all have those, those moments in our day. I mean, mm-hmm. on Sunday I was asking people, um, it's funny in my head, I was like picturing as I was laying it out, I was like picturing that we'd all be doing it at the same time. And like, and in my mind it didn't totally turn out how I wanted it to, but my hope was I wanted people to reflect on Saturday uh-huh. and who they had come across mm-hmm. and what opportunities that they either had or missed 
or people they saw or didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the moment that I got scared on Sunday because it was like it was really quiet. And I was like, oh, this feels kind of awkward. I'm going to move on. <laughs> it's funny in your own mind. I don't know my mind when I'm yes, preaching yes. how I think things will go and how they do go. But um, but I the concept I think is is good for us. Okay, Lord, um, who am I going to come across today? Yeah. Um, we both have lunch meetings today. There'll be a server there. There'll be someone behind the counter. There'll mm-hmm. be the person we're talking to. Um, there'll be people around us. Um, this afternoon, I'm, I'll drop off a couple of my boys at different practices. There'll be coaches and other kids and parents. Mm-hmm. Um, is, there, is there opportunities just to care, notice, see people? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I just started doing some, it's very small, but this one little thing where whenever, I feel like always a server will say, like when they come to your table, they'll say, hey, how are you, how are you guys doing? And I'll usually just try to now say, great, how are you doing? Mm. And every single time, almost every single time, it astounds me how often this happens that they say, uh, I'm actually doing great. Thank you for asking. Mm. Like, And you could hear in their voice that it's this implication or this assumption that people don't normally ask me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm supposed to come and ask you. It's sort of a social th- exchange that we do. But the fact that just you saying it back to them, it like it actually affects them. So yeah, I think it's powerful. interesting. That's really powerful. Yeah. It's yeah. just noticing, seeing, I, I, that's even something you said about what Jesus does, right? Jesus saw people. And I, I think that's a hugely important thing for us to value people. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah. I, and that, again, that's supernatural in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Jesus is, he's going throughout his days. Yeah. Just saw not just the people right in front of him, but even was directed, I think, to see the people on the periphery and the per- periphery. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. And as followers, Jesus, Oh, I so badly want to be able to do that. And again, not for the name of Calvary church, you know, this is a value we have as a church, but it's really for, to lift up as a people, Jesus. And mm-hmm. so that's what we want our lives and our church to be about. And so this value, it's kind of what we are. I hope it's what we are already. Mm-hmm. But it's also sort of kind of a visionary statement, too. It's like what we want to be Absolutely. as a church. And so, boy, how cool when a year from now we mm-hmm. value and love people here at Calvary even more than we do today. That's mm-hmm. my that's my prayer for my own life. Too. Mm-hmm. Same. And I think that's even something I'd hope that as people are listening to this, like something that we want for our church to be known for. And it's that as you're reading the little paragraph about we value people is that that little sort of silly, it sounds silly statement of warmth is the new cool. Um, and it is like the whole point of that is that we want to be known for our warmth, not for how cool we are. So yeah, like we want to do things with excellence and you know, we, we try to (laughs) do things well, but it doesn't matter how cool Calvary church is. What matters is how warm and what that means is how loving and caring we are for people, the, how we value people. So, and, and that's not just on those of us on the stage or those of us with a name tag, really, that's gotta be everybody. I think a lot of times somebody's visiting a church, they expect the people wearing a name tag to be nice to them. What they're hoping for is the people without a name tag to be nice to them. Yeah, well, that's, we hope that here at Calvary, as we gather together, that we're not just saying, okay, what am I here to receive, but mm-hmm. what am I here to give? Mm-hmm. And number one, we're giving our worship to God, but part of how we even give that worship to God is caring for the people around us. I know a couple who they've made um, just kind of, like I guess, a commitment that they'll never let someone sit alone at church. I love that. So they, if they come into the room and they see someone alone, they'll walk up to them, introduce themselves, and sit with them. Like, how... 
Yes. How cool is that? Just a small way. I know another couple here at Calvary that has a little, um, I guess like a note card, and they meet new people on Sundays, and they'll write down their names to pray for that them by name, hmm. but also to remember them so next time they see them, they can say their their name. That's huge. And like those s- small things, but they are huge, right? They're, they're ways to love people. Yep. And so you may um, have your own version of that. Maybe it's just... Uh, looking up as you're walking from the parking lot um, mm-hmm. to our worship center. Maybe it's thanking um, the teacher of your kids for volunteering um, week after week. Maybe yeah. it's just making a commitment to meet a new person every time you're here, or even just to pray for somebody that's sitting near you. Yeah. It might be good. This is this could be a, a bad move as a pastor, <laughs> but I have this idea that people should, people should go to another church. <laughs> For just one time, <laughs> not, not all the time, but just go for one time. Cause even when I've been on sabbatical or something like that, or, um, took the chance, I wanted to go check out another church and kind of just learning from learning from other churches, how they do things. But like for me, as a person that's been a pastor for oh, man, a long time, and, uh, I, I walk in and I start feeling that feeling of sure. the first day of school kind right. of feeling. Little anxiety. Right? Yeah, yeah, that little anxiety. And I'm pretty extroverted. And um, I might even know some people that work at that church. But so then I'm walking in like, oh, I hope I see one of those people I know. But then, oh, no, they're probably, probably the one guy I know. It's, it's like when you go to a wedding right. and the only people you know are the bride and groom. Right. But yeah. you, you don't really ever get to hang out with the bride and groom. So then totally. you just feel like this person that knows nobody. <laughs> been there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, uh, even the last wedding I performed was like that, where I just only knew the bride and groom and right. I'm just like walking around trying to talk to people, but nobody cares. Right. Yeah. So, but that's how you feel when you're walking into a church for the first time. So let's help yeah. people not feel that way. Let's give yeah, them that warmth. So we value, yeah, warmth is the new cool. So let's be a warm <laughs> church that's right. uh, here at Calvary. And a little side note on that. During COVID, does it kind of feel like people are a little bit more gun shy to introduce themselves to new people because yes. it feels like, oh. Unclean. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing, right? Right. Is there a little bit of like, how do we get beyond that? Yeah. That's an interesting thought. I think that's starting. I think it's starting to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that everybody sort of reacts differently though. Sure. Right. Everybody feels differently even about COVID stuff, obviously. Right. But um, I do feel like people are wanting to to meet you or meet Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think there's a way of like, of approaching people, but you sort of get like, you keep their distance, you keep your distance like a teeny bit just to be respectful or you'll reach out with the fist bump first or something like that. You know? So I don't know. I think there's some thoughts with that, but I think that people are actually craving it so much because there's such a lack. Mm -hmm. There's been such a lack Mm -hmm. and Maybe even they've been treated distantly by mm-hmm. their neighbors or, yeah. you know, coworkers or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I think thinking of 9-11 this last weekend and just how that sent um, really our world, our nation into a bit of a disorienting spin, right? We're just mm-hmm. like everything's changed. Yeah. And um, now we have to do different things in airports and we have homeland security and we have um, war on terror, and there's yeah. there's all these things that were that just completely changed after nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Feels like uh, this last year and a half, same that mm-hmm. that the whole world obviously has been disorient, disoriented and is is changing. Like literally by the day, is changing. So people carry a lot of weight on that. Change is hard, mm. and so there's a lot of I think just heaviness in all of us, all of us as people. 
And so warmth is a new cool hospitality, showing care, dignity, worth to people. It's more important now than I would argue ever before because people are just feeling burdens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's where I think it's important as we think about we value people. It is Good Samaritan type stories. It is serving those. It's serving anyone in need. Yes. But it's also this warmth, let's say at church, like we're talking about, but that's also in your workplace or at the, on the ball field or at school or, uh, but it's that I liked when you said hospitality, it just triggered that in my mind of thinking through being invitational and being open and welcoming people even into your home as, as you're comfortable and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, being wise about it, not the, maybe not giving a shower to the, <laughs> Isn't that a great story? the guy in the I corner. Just, yeah. Yeah. It oh, is so great. My sweet sister. Yeah. And she ended up like with a life of serving the Lord. Right. And, you know, yeah. right. So she lived. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I think that's huge that people feel that sense of being welcomed in. And that could even be into before your home. Maybe that's even into your life group or being part of a group that people matter, recognizing that we need, we also need people, not just we value other people, but we know that we need to be valued by people. And so being in a group like that, I think that's, I mean, obviously that's why we advocate so hard on life groups. It's not about a commercial or an ad for it. It's about how important it is for us to have that kind of have people in our lives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So to be able to speak into our lives in ways that Mm -hmm. we need it ways that we can speak into others or not even just speaking, just being, yeah, exactly. <laughs> being with other exactly. people when the, the difficult and even just joyful times mm-hmm. of life come. There was another thing too, um, just in our kind of statement of what we value about people was, um, discipleship was mentoring. Yes. And that's something I didn't get a chance to talk to about on Sunday, but the idea of one of the ways we value people is by, looking at maybe believers who are younger in the faith than us and come pursuing them and saying, Hey, you're worth investing in. Or if you're younger in the faith, finding someone that's a little bit older than you to say, Hey, would you, would you grab coffee with me? Could you speak into my life or just do life with me? And I think that's something that we want to continue to encourage here at Calvary. We are, we have such a blessing. We are a multi-generational church and I don't know, maybe it's because everyone, maybe you're used to that by now, but that is pretty rare yeah. in the Western church. Usually you have one demographic and one age stage. But here yeah. at Calvary, we're blessed to, um, to really be growing into, um, uh, I would say, a multi-ethnic church. We have a lot of room to grow in that, but we're, no, we've, been, sure. we've been moving that way. But then multi-generational too. Mm-hmm. And so we have the generation. So older generation, look for opportunities to pour in, to just live life, celebrate life with the younger generation and vice versa too. Mm-hmm think that's like a sleeping giant here at Calvary. Do you Absolutely. Agree? Absolutely do. Absolutely. And it, you know, it, it doesn't have to be in the sort of formal way of signing up through a Calvary discipleship event or something, you know, like it's just, Hey, talk to somebody, call somebody up. Right. Yeah. And if you need help with that, that's what we're here for. Like yeah. we can help you figure out like, okay, who would this be? This We all probably have people in our lives that somebody's a little older than us or somebody's a little younger than us yeah. or a little further along in the faith than us. Yeah. I have some people that are, I think of as mentors that are my age or younger even because it's just a certain aspect of life that mm-hmm. they've maybe become more developed at. And right. it's like, Oh, okay. I want to learn from them with yeah. that. And that's cool. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, a, an older couple here in the church older, I think they're like in their eighties 
send Marie and I just a little note of encouragement hmm. and a gift card to go out to dinner. Like, hey, we know you guys probably are really busy with your small kids, so here's some encouragement and here's a means to go out. And this is so cool. It's a small way, right, That's of so mentoring, cool. caring for us. I'd well, love B this. and I sent that to you. You think we're, <laughs> we, you think we're in our well, 80s? <laughs> actually, this would, I feel like this is an appropriate time since you are older than me. Oh, boy. Here would we go. You, would you mentor me? Oh, yes. The, yes. I'll mentor you the in the ways. ways of fantasy football, <laughs> although I've never been a champion and you have, so <laughs> oh, maybe you should yeah, mentor me you, even you though you're younger. You said it, not I. But, uh, <laughs> but no, you are a year and a week older than me. That's right. So, a year and a week. Yeah. That's so. amazing. Uh, so sometimes life gives wisdom and sometimes not, <laughs> but no, we do. We, we hope for that. And and that's the thing. Like we want everyone to be able to pass that stuff along because we want, we want all of us to value people and even for our older generation. And that could be, again, older could be thirties <laughs> to, sure. to somebody in their twenties, right. right. Or a teenager. Um, but everyone that has like people that are younger than them, you have something to offer. Absolutely. You have the life that you've lived and you have Jesus in you. I was just maybe kind of some final thoughts too. I was, as I was thinking about the, all of us being image bearers, every person on earth, there are image bearers. And then there are people who have the spirit of God indwelling them, which is different. Right. And Great so point. there is something uniquely special about fellow believers. So we value people, all our image bearers, but only those who are saved, only those who are followers of Jesus, believers in Jesus as Lord and Savior, only those people are indwelled with the Holy Spirit of God, the very Spirit of God dwelling within them. And so there is something unique, obviously, there and very powerful and very special. And so when we think about people, we think about fellow Christians, we are interacting with someone with the very Spirit of God dwelling in them. Isn't that that's intense. So not, not just really. bearing his image, but his spirit actually in them. Yeah. And Paul talks a lot about that in the New Testament epistles about how the world's watching how we treat one another. Mm-hmm. So as the spirit in me interacts, with the spirit in you, which is it's so deep yeah, thought, right? Totally deep thought. But um, yeah, there should be some communion, unity, joy, self-sacrifice yep. that we're sharing with one another that those outside of Jesus would be like, Ooh, there's something special there. I, yes. I want that. And I told that cheesy story on Sunday of like, you're at a coffee shop and you hear two people talking about Calvary church and how cool <laughs> to be to say like, that's a place that generally loves people. Yes. And, but that's a prayer. Yeah, exactly. And that's where we find, we find joy and strength in the, in the dwelling place of God. And by the way, the dwelling place of God is us. So we find that in each other. And so we can uh, be made strong through that joy through each other. And so let's, even have that intent then I think right inside of us to be that for other people. So we value people. We really do. And, uh, we want to do that passionately. So next week we'll talk about, we value passion. Yeah. I love the tagline too. Tell tell me what the tagline is. Yeah. We dig holes in roofs. We dig holes in roofs and we'll explain that more, but it's that kind of passion to be that kind of friend that is, um, that fired up to be going after Jesus with, Mm -hmm. with passion in our hearts. So, um, thanks Matt. Thank you, Eric. And thank you all for just indulging us by uh, listening to our thoughts. I hope they're an encouragement to you. Me too. And so thank you for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast.